0: Hi, this is Janet Lansbury, and welcome to Unruffled. In this week's episode, I'm going to be responding to a letter from a parent whose two-year-old is being disruptive in an extracurricular class. It's a language class, and she's wondering what to do. Now before I begin, I want to remind everybody that both of my books are available on audio at audible.com, Elevating Child Care, A Guide to Respectful Parenting, and no Bad Kids: Toddler Discipline Without Shame are also available in paperback at Amazon and in ebook at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and apple.com. Hi Janet, first of all, I love listening to your podcast and reading your blog. I've gathered so much helpful information from them both as a first-time parent. My 2-year-old son has been taking a language class for the last 9 months and has now started to run around and become disruptive to the class. He has always gotten up to explore and run for part of the class, as would be expected of a two-year-old, but he often participated in the activity the teacher was performing in the room, and it never felt disruptive. There are about three to five other children and their caregivers in each class. He has now gotten to the point of running around the entire class time and screeching often, which has become very disruptive to the teacher and other kids. I've talked to him about being quiet during class because it is difficult for the other kids to listen and for the teacher to teach when he is loud. But this doesn't seem to have had too much of an impact yet. I know two years old is quite young, and I don't expect him to sit the entire class, but I'm not sure what else to do at this point besides unenroll him in the class. He loves the class and speaks the language at home often. Do you have any tips or previous posts you can direct me to that may help me handle this situation? Thanks so much. Yes, I do actually have a post about this. It's called Toddler Learning, Focus, or Freedom. And I can't remember what kind of class it's about, but it's a similar situation. Now, actually, what's more surprising to me in these situations are the children that are sitting and listening and doing what they're supposed to do at two years old. Generally, these kinds of classes are not created by people that really understand early childhood and child development. They are usually using ideas that might work in a preschool setting or even a kindergarten setting and sort of trying to adapt them to very young children who really are not at a stage in life where sitting and listening to someone else teaching is the way that they learn. It's certainly not the way that they learn best. Um, Children in these early years are masters at learning. Read some of Alison Gopnik's research. Their learning abilities put us to shame, but what they need most is to be trusted, to know what they're doing, to have their learning directed by them. That's what will help them to learn most and also develop confidence. You know, Magda Gerber used to call this, they're learning how to learn. Actually, that might have come from her mentor, Emmy Pickler, Dr. Pickler. So what children are doing in these early years is they're learning how to focus and pay attention to something for a long time, how to explore it, how to examine every detail until they've either mastered the you know, object or the idea or just gotten their fill for that moment. And then they're going to move on to something that they need to focus on then. So what you could say is that, and this is actually one of Magda Gerber's quotes, be careful what you teach, you may be interfering with what they're learning. So what that means is, while we're teaching them what we think they should be learning in that moment, we're not giving them the time they need to really learn something that would be more important for that child in that moment. And that's why I generally would not recommend a class with any kind of structure like this for a very young child. I think really the only reason that I would do something like this is if as a parent I needed to get out of the house, I needed to socialize with the other parents that are there, and that experience helped me to be a better parent and feel like I've got some breathing room and I'm getting out out of the house. Otherwise, uh, I really don't see a lot of benefit to this. To expose another child to a language is lovely. I mean, maybe there's a caregiver or one of the parents or somebody that can speak to a child in partly in that language and expose them that way. But I um, I guess what I'm saying is the benefits of what the child might be learning about the language are really minimal at this age. And what this child is showing you is that he is not ready for this right now. I would unenroll him for now. I mean, I think he's demonstrating that he can't succeed in this environment and really uh, trying to make that happen is going to probably create more frustration for you and possible failure for him, you know, in this situation. A lot of the parents I know that actually come to my classes, which are are just set up for free play and the parents observe. And that's how we, we learn about the children. We learn what they're into, what they're working on, what they're learning. We're often amazed by all the learning that happens in these classes where we're really just using kind of like basic toys and objects. And we're not even using them. We're just setting them out and the children use them or not in their own way. They spend a lot of time figuring out how to interact with each other. That's, you know, obviously a big interest of theirs, which is also usually not present in these these more structured classes. Um, but a lot of these parents that come to my classes, they will also maybe do a music class. You know, there's no harm in that at all. I think there's there's things that can go on in these classes that are are not very helpful. Sometimes a child will be using an instrument. I guess. I mean, I haven't actually been to one of these classes, but I've heard about them from the parents I work with and. You know, a child will be using something and then that song is done and now that's taken away from that child and given to another child and this child gets a new, you know, instrument. Well, what that can do is actually foster a child with a shorter attention span because the child is being interrupted when that child might be interested in that object and really want to explore or that instrument and want to explore it for a great deal of time. So we can get in the way of our child's learning by interrupting that way. So this parent says that he loves the class and speaks the language at home often. Well, um, the parent doesn't say whether the parent understands this, can speak this language as well. But, you know, I think that speaking those words with, with your child is, you know, a wonderful way for them to learn, especially if you're just using them in natural ways, you know, talking about what's going on. That's the way that children learn language best or singing a song that can be that can be nice if it's you know you have certain ritual times when you sing a song but hearing the words when they're meaningful to the situation is the way that children learn language best there does come a time when children usually it's 4 at the youngest maybe they know another child that's taking a class or they've heard about something or they've seen something in a book and they're they seem interested and they actually you know would like to go learn something like that then i would take the child first if it was possible just to observe and see if they like the way that it's actually being taught because their vision of it might be entirely different from the reality and then i would see what my child said I guess you could say that I see these early years as extremely precious and just so important for what our child believes about himself, you know, his feelings of confidence and success as a person and feeling accepted for what he chooses and and how long he spends doing it and the way that he learns. Having that be enough for us as parents sounds so simple. It's actually... You know, it's, it can be hard to trust, but wow, what a gift to feel like that deep in your core, to feel that your ideas, your interests are perfect, they're enough, and we're the ones that give children that message. So that's why I feel very protective of this, these early years, I guess. Children can handle all kinds of things and be fine, but I, I guess I have different priorities. And my priority is for my child to learn in the way that's meaningful for them and understand that they are very, very capable of doing this with, you know, even just a minimally enriching environment. And by enriching environment, I mean just, you know, having a little bit of space, having some fresh air once in a while or as much as possible. Having you know, a safe area where you can explore without someone interrupting you all the time. And figuring out who you are, what you like, how you like to do things. And really getting comfortable with that. So those are the kinds of messages that we can give children. And I do think that classes like this tend to give other messages that are not as productive. But again, if there is a reason parents want to do this for themselves, you know that for me is... A very good reason and understandable while also balancing this with a lot of time for the child to be self-directed and trusted and and just enjoyed for you know sitting around in the in the living room um, and staring at the carpet things like that <laughs> there's a lot going on when children seem to be doing very little there's a lot going on thanks so much and i hope this helps please check out some of my other podcasts and Again, both of my books are available on audio at audible.com and in paperback at Amazon, an ebook at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and apple.com. Thanks so much for listening. We can do this.